Hello, welcome back. Dr. Shaw here with our 40th podcast on teaching humanity remotely. Today I will continue to discuss effective communication with children by answering the ninth question in our book on how to communicate successfully with children. But before I do that, I want to share something that is happening in my life at this time, and I think there's a beautiful learning lesson. What's happening is that I am really excited with the possibility of creating a program that will allow children and their families, their parents, their grandparents, teachers, to get to see what is discussed in my books in the area of social and emotional learning. And so we are just in the process of creating a program and deciding where that will be aired. And as I get more information, I will keep you posted. But the reason I'm sharing this initially is that it reminded me to always stay true to yourself. And it reminded me to not give up. Many years ago, I became a teacher in an area that I felt as a young woman was not really home, but due to the fact that I had two children and one was paralyzed from the waist down with lots of medical needs due to being born with spina bifida, I felt very desperate that this was the job that was offered to me. And so I took it and for 30 years, in some ways, I felt like I was really working against the grain because it was never quite home. Although I had the most fulfilling moments with children and their families, and some staff members became my closest friends, for the most part, I was kind of a fish out of water. And the part that made me feel like a fish out of water didn't change within 30 years. There was acceptance, there was a little place that I carved out for myself, but it was never completely a feeling of home. And in this next phase of my life, where I am doing exactly what I want to do, it's the opposite experience. I'm feeling like I'm always home. I'm working with the current, so I'm just floating. And there's something to be said about paying attention to that which is right action for each and every one of us and forgetting to pay attention when we feel desperate to make a living or we need money or whatever the case may be that gets in the way of that kind of higher power or that intuition that can really lead us. And what is necessary to pay attention to that is trust. And maybe that comes when we're a little more mature and when we're older and not as desperate, or maybe some people just have it at an earlier age. But for me, I'm still working on trust, having trust. And my ability to have trust is absolutely leading me into the perfect place for myself. And it's giving me the right direction. And because of that, the work that I'm able to create really feels effortless. So I just wanted to share that. And since whatever I learn, I reflect back on what I learn as the adult that I am today in how that material that I'm still learning can impact children. So if I were raising young children at this time, one thing I would talk to them about is 
to pay attention to that which feels right and to pay attention to that which feels wrong because it sharpens their intuition and their ability to trust themselves. And so I just really wanted to share that. And also as grownups, if we are paying attention and marking it and noting it in front of them, that will also teach them a skill that is really important. So it's not just how we are in our own development. It's when we are working on ourselves and growing, when we are doing right action, when we're in right action, it is really critical to mark it and note it for yourself and also for your child. So that's what I wanted to say to that. And now let me discuss my ninth question, which is, can you address internal versus external rewards and reinforcement? I love this. I love this question because I think it's very important. So I'll read what I wrote and I'll also talk about it. I believe that there are stages we will encounter when we are learning new information. As we socialize children's attention to what we want them to pay attention to, we are really manipulating them. Manipulation may have a negative connotation, but really is what adults must do as they help their children find their way in the world. Parents help children navigate their world, thus shaping their behaviors appropriately. Think about how you remind a toddler to go potty in the toilet. It's the same in teaching children about the rewards of positive behaviors versus negative behaviors. And so there was a time when I thought about manipulation. I had such a negative connotation about it. I was like, it's just not friendly. It's not nice. And then something changed. And I realized in a way, we're all being manipulated. And it's the way we learn. We all should stop at a red light. That got taught to us. So now we're programmed to do that. That's just one example. But in a way, manipulation shouldn't have a bad connotation. We are shaping the behaviors we want our children to demonstrate. And we are also trying to eliminate the behaviors we don't want them to have. And that is done through a kind of manipulation. Early on, when adults are trying to shape their children's behaviors, adults externally reward their children, thus reinforcing the behaviors they desire their child to exhibit. This reward slash reinforcement stage in the shaping of acquired behaviors is a type of scaffolding. The adults are sharing the tasks through the rewards of external reinforcement. The reward slash reinforcement can be praise or more concrete such as material rewards. The type of reward slash reinforcement will vary based on the individuals involved and their family values. So in the beginning, let's say you're toilet training your toddler, some families give their child a little reward each time they potty on the toilet. Once your child is totally trained, they're not going to get that reward anymore. So there has to be some sort of explanation as to why they did get it and why they're not getting it anymore. And you have to make sure that your child ends up not wanting that little reward, whether it's a little piece of candy or a sticker or whatever it might be, because you want to teach your child that the reward in and of itself is the potting in the toilet. And that's why it's scaffold. Scaffolding means you're helping until there's mastery and then you don't need to help. So you're giving that reward to motivate the success. And then once the success is totally achieved, 
that is not needed anymore. But there must be an explanation that the reason it's not needed is because you've accomplished your aim, you fulfilled your goal, and that in and of itself is the greatest reward. So that really needs to be, again, noted and marked and celebrated. That's very important. My very personal belief is that as soon as I can, I want to eliminate external rewards because I want the actual learning to be the reward instinctively and in and of itself. And that's just what I said, and I think it's absolutely true. If your values are the same, a way to increase the speed in which children wean themselves off of needing external rewards and reinforcement is to let your child know your value system, being straightforward and clear. Let your child know that they will only be receiving external rewards until mastery of the desired behaviors are fully attained. Then, the expectation is that the external rewards will no longer be necessary because the appropriate way of behaving, or now the new learning, is the actual reward in and of itself. Don't be afraid to talk candidly with your child so there are no surprises and you are successfully teaching them your own value system. So one of the things, as a, this is on a personal note that I had a problem with in the school system, is that children would always need to be externally rewarded. In the system that I worked in, if a child did the right thing, they would get blue tickets. And then all the blue tickets would be thrown into a hat. And once a week, a name would be picked out and that child could get a pencil or something like that. And I would say to them, you know, boys and girls, this is the system that is being utilized in this school district. But I want you to know that I don't want you to do the right thing because you're getting a blue ticket. I want you to do the right thing for the right reasons. Because what happens is that if we're always teaching children that they're going to get an external reward, they're always going to need it. And what does that say about how they grow up, always needing rewards or extras? And, and do we really want to create that in our children as they're growing up? Like some families give their children money for a good report card. That's not something I would do. The good report card is the gift in and of itself. It doesn't mean that I would deny my child something that they would want if I could afford it, but I wouldn't associate the good report card with getting that thing because I want the learning to be rewarding in and of itself. And I think that when we're always giving children external rewards like candy or money or games or toys, then we wonder why as young adults, they always need external rewards. And we really, once again, created and manipulated them to need that. So that's why I make that distinction. I want the experience in and of itself to be the reward. I want the new learning in and of itself to be the reward. I may have to scaffold and provide an artificial external reward system. It could be just positive praise. But even that, I have had children in my class where let's say I'm complimenting a child and I say, Sally, I love your dress today. And then Mary will say, do you love my dress? And then I would say, you know what? I might love your dress. But now if I say I do, I feel like I'm forced to say it. So it doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel sincere. You won't know if I really do or not. What I really want to say is that in this moment, I was giving Sally attention. And Mary, I'll give you attention next time. And what I would say to them is, boys and girls, you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but tonight, if you can, if it's a clear night, look up in the night sky. Do you see how many stars there are? 
it's so everyone could shine. So you don't want to create children that constantly need external attention, external praise, external rewards. We want to create children who love learning and see that the experience of life in and of itself is the gift. So we just have to be a little mindful of that. There is a place for external rewards and praise, and there is a place where that could get weaned. And as you're in relationship with your child and you get to know each other, you will be able to, by paying attention, know when something external is needed and when it's not. And that will create a healthy and balanced child into adulthood. So enjoy practicing these skills. Until next time, be well, stay healthy, and please visit my website at learnwithmeremotely.com. There are new books there, and you can go to my author's page on amazon.com, but please visit my website. Let me know if this is helping, what else you need from me. I'm here as your partner in your child's education, growth, and success. So visit learnwithmeremotely.com. And that concludes this episode of the podcast series, Teaching Humanity Remotely with Dr. Mindy Shaw. Thank you for listening. You can follow Dr. Shaw on Facebook. Her page is Learn With Me Remotely. That's on Facebook. That's also her website, learnwithmeremotely.com. Her podcasts and all the books that she's been referring to are on that site for purchase and samples are there as well. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Mindy Shaw One. Doctor is abbreviated DR and the one is the number one, Dr. Mindy Shaw One. And on Instagram at Dr. Mint with a T Shaw. Thanks again for listening. Watch out for the next podcast in the series. That'll be coming real soon.